Welcome to the Landscaping Podcast. My name is Joel Barnett, and today's is the 24th of the Instagram live Q&As that we've done. And we've got a special episode this week out with uh, Peter Donigan as a guest host. So I don't know if there's going to be any value in the episode. Uh, I assume the value comes from my awesome questions and he doesn't ask any good questions in it, but uh, hopefully there's some entertainment in this one. But get into the questions first. The first one is from Blair Finlay. He said, what factors go into choosing an adhesive or mortar bed when paving slash tiling? So what he's talking about is whether I choose to uh, lay on mortar or a tile adhesive. And the simple answer to that is uh, like what what factors go into it is my ability. So I haven't done, I think I've done one job where we laid uh, tiles on tile adhesive and that's not uh, not my forte. It's, you, you would think it's pretty similar to laying on a mortar bed, but it's quite different. It's certainly in the preparation it has to be a lot different. And that's the same where uh, a lot of tilers can't just do pool tiling because it's a lot more complex, uh, even though they're doing a very similar similar role. Um, so, yeah, well, the slabs we do don't have to be perfect, so they're good to practice on when you're first doing concreting because your slabs don't have to be perfect because you're using mortar and there's a bit of variation in the in the slab for that. So another reason you would lay on mortar is also because a lot of the pavers we use aren't calibrated so they're not exactly the same thickness so you can't like there might be especially when you're doing crazy paving there could be 15 millimeters variant in the thickness of it uh, some of the cobbles that we've used vary between 20 and 60 mil so um that so a lot of them the main reason landscapers will use a mortar bed is because of the variance in the thickness uh, whereas when you're tiling they're always calibrated so they, they might. I'm sure there is a slight variance sometimes, but um, but that's when they use their um, packers and the the joint spaces, which get them all flush and lining up with each other. But uh, but yeah, that's why we do that. And that, yeah, the only factor is my skills. So it'll be interesting to see how the driveway goes at my place that I'm tiling. Our next question from Dan Foreman. He said, "Did Ashley James leave his phone in his boogie board bag at the airport and it got pinched?" So I believe Ash did lose his phone and still haven't confirmed yet whether the person who's now operating his Instagram account is actually Ashley James or it's the person who stole his phone. So just keep an eye on the on the um, type of posts he does. There's not any of any fancy flowers, you know, that someone else has taken over the uh, Instagram account. Uh, next question is from Amy Taylor, Landscape Architect. So what's the best aspect you like about your job? I reckon the variance, the variation, I think I said variance the other day and I don't think that's the right word, but it's the variation of what you do within landscaping. So uh, it didn't work today, but the previous two days I've been, was doing a bit of crazy paving. Uh, and before that, like on the job, we put in some 200 by 200 mil spotting gun posts into the ground. We're building a, a cantilevered arbor off that. Uh, and we've been so the crazy paving we were using is bluestone. Uh, another job we've been doing is some travertine French ashlar paving. Uh, we built a deck on that job as well using some 135 mil spotted gum decking. Uh, so it's just yeah, and and also I've been doing some planting on that job as well. So there's just a million different things you do within landscaping. Not literally, there's not a million things, but there's a lot of different things that you do within landscaping, and that's why I enjoy it so much. So. Um, 
there are things that I hate about it, like, like excavation, and I don't enjoy doing irrigation either, but they don't take long to do, so you're not doing a lot of it, uh, and that's and they're always leading to something better. So you're either, if you're doing the irrigation, it's usually the towards the end of the job, so the job's about to be finished and looking awesome, and the excavation, usually then you're, you're about to start and transforming it, the project into something. So yeah, definitely the variation in... Uh, in the different different trades within landscaping. Now, Weber Landscape said, why do you refer to the USA as North America all the time? Uh, that is because I'm also referring to Canada at the same time. So I'm just, rather than saying America and Canada, I'll just say North America. It'd be the same if someone was talking about uh, something happening in New Zealand when they were just referring to it as Australia. Even though we're similar and the USA and Canada are similar, there is a difference. And coincidentally, there is a question later on which uses the phrase North America. So I promise I'm not using that in there when we get to that one. Uh, Patty Smith 12 said, what's your favourite type of concrete finish? That would be the trailed finish. So it's not quite a burnished finish uh, because I haven't got time for that. Got, it takes long enough just to be able to to strip the boxing and and trowel it a couple of times. So I'll probably go over it maybe maybe twice or th- yeah, probably three times. I reckon I'll go over it. Well, that's after the the formwork has been stripped. So it's kind of you know halfway in between no troweling and burnished. I've seen the guys like with when we worked with Ollie from Hungry Wolf, the amount of time he spends on it burnishing it so that it like. Burns the concrete is uh, a bit more time than I want to be spending on there. So a trout is a good look, and it looks pretty similar as well. It's just not quite as shiny as the uh, burnished. But, yeah, I'm certainly really enjoying that. And I think in the chat I did with Peter, I talked about it in that. I think he was talking about what are the types of, like what the um, what type of phases they've been within landscaping. It was quite interesting hearing him say that as well, like he was talking about when there was porcelain pavers that were popular and uh, and he was talking about those wooden log edging, you know, the half logs that are attached with wire and they were used to uh, define edging between garden beds and lawns. Um, so, yeah, there's some different phases he went through and, that, and he asked me what I thought we were in at the moment and I thought it's probably the architectural concrete was probably the one. And that's certainly what, what I enjoy doing at the moment anyway. Uh, B-Built Projects said, what actions do you take if you start losing too many quotes, even if they are priced well? Uh, there's a few action, actions you could take. You could contact them. If you know that they're priced well and your price is, you know, like within a market range of what other people are charging as well, then you could contact the client and see if you can find out why you lost. So if your prices are competitive, then it could be something to do with the presentation or you might be not giving them enough information with that quote, so you might just give them a price, but then maybe you're not explaining everything that's involved within that uh, within the quote. Uh, I don't, I don't do anything in regards to mine because we're always we're just knocking back work all the time. So yeah, like I don't mean to keep harping on that, but that's just, that's just the way it is. So, so we don't. Um, if someone else, someone says no to us, there's four people who are wanting to. To take the spot that they would have had so just like that's not always going to be the case but that's what it is at the moment um 
so that yeah but it's always a good also a good thing to just check what your pricing is and keep checking uh if you're allowing enough because uh, it's possible that you could not get a job because you're too cheap more likely that's because you're too expensive but there'd be pe- there's there'd be people who um they might get three quotes let's say one of them's 70 grand one of them's 75 grand and one of them's 35 grand they're going to get freaked out by the one that's 35 grand so people think they'll always go with the lowest price but if you're too low then they start to thinking that they're not going to get exactly what they want or there's something wrong with with what you're offering so it's always good to keep an eye on the costs of materials so not only so that your uh, pricing is is relevant but so you can make a profit as well there's no point quoting jobs and then doing the work and then losing money you're better off sitting at home doing nothing if you want to lose money um uh, big z4 so will's our uh school-based apprentice so what's a good trade to do at trade school as a landscaper so there is now like when it, when i went there was no landscape construction trade at trade school but now there is uh, so that'd be obviously the ideal one to do but I think it's good, as I mentioned before, about all the different trades of that uh, within landscaping. And I think it might have been Sean Laurie from Laurie Landscapes who said just to try all the different things, try all the different trades. So then you can find you might find one you like purely as that trade. So then landscaping might not be your favorite because you might, you know, want to do plumbing or electrical or carpentry. Uh, you might do like bricklaying or doing garden lighting or irrigation. There's so many different things you could branch off into if you don't like doing all of them so then so you just try and um yeah just try as much as you can in the early days while you're younger and still on the towards the bottom end so then you can actually zoom in on what you love doing and you, you get to do a job that becomes a hobby like myself and then you're getting paid to do your hobby which is a lot better than paying for hobbies although doing garden shows is kind of that 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 does happen but uh i don't know many carpentry garden shows so you should be fine doing that but yeah just try all the different trades so that you can actually find something that you enjoy doing and and you uh get to enjoy your work and dan foreman has said sean laurie is the goat and next question is from the life of bow river and he said how would you spend money to promote more residential landscaping so I'm trying to hook up a meeting with Google. I don't know if it's Google Ads or just Google, but I'm looking into uh, doing some Google AdWords because they've got a promotion going. So I thought I'd give that a crack and see, just see what happens from it um, and try and increase the design work that's coming in. So that's what I'm going to be doing this week, actually. So that's something that I don't, I don't know if you would do it. Uh, I suppose you could do it for construction as well. Because it doesn't have to, you don't have to get a lot of, like it, it might be a bit of a cost in there, but it doesn't have to be a lot of work that you get from it to make it worthwhile. Because you can get, like if you spend $1,000 and you get two jobs out of it, then you're going to make a, you should make a healthy profit on that. So it's, it's, it sounds a lot um, when it's like a cost per project, uh, a dollar per project. But when you think of it that way, if it you know gets you by for six weeks then it's done the job um you could and you could do also uh like facebook ads and instagram ads 
the demographic of Facebook is going a bit older than than what it was previously, but that's not a bad thing because they're the type of people who you, you want to be working for potentially. Or just work out who your um, target market is and then advertise where they are going to be, look where their eyes are. So if it's a younger crew like they're uh, 30 to 40, then they're more likely to be on Instagram and then over 40 will be on Facebook. Um, if you want to get some under 25s, try TikTok. But yeah, there's plenty of different options. If you're looking to get work uh, for designers, you could try LinkedIn potentially. Um, that's a bit more professional, but but yeah, just work out where you, the people you want to work for would be and then go and market in that area. So um, yeah, that is what I would do. But yeah, ads are Ads on social media are a pretty cheap way to do it. You can spend again. You can spend a thousand bucks, and you're going to get a lot of eyes seeing that ad. A lot of them will be irrelevant, but you can also target it towards people who are going to be more relevant for for what you're wanting to do. Now, Winter Landscape said, "Did we pick the hardest possible way to make a mediocre to make mediocre money?" I reckon there are worse ones than landscaping. Um, there could be like our hospitality. Doesn't seem like that seems like it's hard gig, especially back when the lockdowns were on. There's plenty of like, we were able to work there. Um, it is pretty hard though, but it's also not a bad way to. It's not a bad thing to try and make things easier. Though, like because I I talk about how hard it is all the time, and and then when you start doing something that makes it easier, like using an excavator or a machine to move soil around or dig holes or put posts into the ground. You think I probably should do this a bit more often. So probably yeah, a good thing to good thing to work smarter than harder. Um and yeah, I don't know what, what good money is. Like if you can if you can work at uh, work for yourself and employ other people and and you you know, I think it's a pretty decent living. But you could like you could go and work in IT or accounting and make a lot more a lot more money. Just as Rich Earth Landscapes has said, better than an office job. So yeah, like this time of year, and coincidentally with your name, winter landscapes, it's not a it's not a great time to be outside. But um, but yeah, having to go to the same place every single day would would be a bit of a bit of a downer. And apologies to all the designers out there who that's what they do. But in construction side of things, you get to see all the different jobs, so it's good to mix it up. Uh, the fishing chippy said, "Do you think we will see similar paving laying tools in North America?" I didn't put that in. That was what Matt said. Uh, hit the Australian market. So I reckon I asked a similar question last week. Answered a similar question last week, and I said that it was uh, if you if it's not already in Australia, it'll be in the commercial project first. Um, but just as I was saying with the landscapes before, you could make things a lot easier by using these tools that they have overseas that make things easier. So they're attachments that you can put on an excavator or um, they do seem to move pallets around with their ditch witch a lot or, or bobcats or skid steer, sorry. Um, so there's a lot. It's it's interesting to see the way different countries do things. So like, there's a lot of it's going to be irrelevant. But there are things you could pick up on that could make things easier for you for your work. Um, the, a lot of them they, they use a um, an altimeter, which is I think they call it a zip level, just for getting quick heights. So that's I reckon that'd be handy to see 
a bit more often down here. But uh, like they would obviously people would sell them, but it's good to take out the quotes to get an idea on heights, rough heights, rather than taking out your laser level, which I, I do uh, most of the time. It takes ages to to get heights with that, but uh, but yeah, it's it's not a bad thing to if you're not following any follow a few um, North American hardscaping companies. Ormond, Ormond Landscape would be would be one of the ones I would definitely add to that, and then just see the equipment that they're using, and see which see what things might be relevant for you. Like most of it's not going to be relevant, but um, but yeah, it can't hurt to have a look at them and see what what might work for you. Outdoor Dreams said, how much money is a good amount to have put aside as a buffer for potential mistakes slash problems? They talked about he's, he already puts aside money for Bass and Page Go and um, and Tax and Super. He's got four employees, I think it was. So, And what I said to him was that you'd want to work out what you think a, like a disaster might be or what you might need that money for. And then work backwards to work out how much money you're going to need for that. So an example I gave was that if, you know, like I've got income protection, so I'll get paid a monthly amount if I can't work. But there's a, I think it's a three month waiting period because that costs less to have that, that waiting period in there. Um, so what I would do is work out three months, like a good amount for that to, to cover that is to work out what three months of my wage would be. So I have that there so I can pay myself for three months while I'm not working until that uh, income protection can kick in. So there's that. that that's you know, If you've got that, you want to have that amount in there. Uh, what was the other one I mentioned? Uh, it could be like if you're, if you're in a car accident or something happened or you got injured at work, like broke your leg or something, um, and you had to go off a hospital, you might want to have an amount there because you might be able to get your guys working on site eventually, like after a little bit of a hospital period, but you might be in hospital for you know, six weeks and you can't run things from there, but then once you get home, then you can run things. So you might want to have some money put aside to pay everyone's wages for that six weeks if they're not able to work without you, you know, having some sort of input. Um, so just basically work out what – so there's no, there's no dollar amount that I think would be the right amount to put in there, but uh, just try and think of what something – could go wrong would be and how much that how much you would need for that and then work it back from there about you know how long you're going to need to pay for that and obviously the the more you have in there the better and if you can get it working for you like making interest or reducing interest on other things that's even better um yeah i I reckon people who like with when covid kicked in like no one would have been prepared for that because no one's no one's gone through that um, event in in their lifetime and in our lifetime. So there's always things that are going to pop up. So you better off to have too much than not enough. Uh, Dan Foreman said, "Is it just me or did Charlie Charlie just get robbed by the judges on Dancing with the Stars?" I did see an Instagram post when I went in to get the questions, but I didn't see that. Uh, I haven't seen his performance, so but I, I assume he, they're a bit rough at the start. They just have to talk them down and give them low scores so that then they can boost them up as they go and say, oh, you're learning really well because you've learned so much since you first started. Um, so I'm sure that's just all what's happening. Just a bit of uh, TV theatre. And the last question from Abcam Horticulture. If one of your employees is having an off day, i.e. in a sad or bad mood, 
whether it's work or personal related, as an employer, do you try to offer support and a support to them and boost morale? I'm not very good at uh, doing things like that because I'm pretty big on people taking responsibility for themselves. So I don't know, that's why this probably sounds harsh, but I get, if I'm sick and um, yeah, if, if I'm sick, I'm not going to wait for someone to ask me if I'm sick or if I'm okay before I do something about it. I'll just, I'll go to a doctor if I need something looked at. Um, so I think that's a good thing to do just to take responsibility for yourself. And if something's not right, do something about it. Uh, but if there's something more, um, what's the word? If there's something more specific, like let's say someone come up to me and said, oh, I don't enjoy working with this person or I don't like doing this type of work, then I'm not just going to say, well, bad luck, you're doing it. So I'll, I'll make changes based on that. So, yeah, so there might need to be a bit more context for the question to give a more specific answer. But, um, but yeah, you try and make things as enjoyable at work as you can. Uh, that and that's an important part of that is hiring the right people. So, not just hiring people because of their skills, but because their personality works with who you've already got or who you want to have. So, yeah, that that sort of goes towards that as well. Um, but yeah, that was the last question for this evening. Just a short one, but um, yeah, coming out tomorrow or out now if you're listening as a podcast is Peter Donegan as the host. And that is a bit of a longer episode, so hopefully you enjoy that one. And then I've got uh, the following episodes after that coming up. I've got a garden maintenance fella out next, and then the construction, and then designer. So got the full mix coming up, and then, yeah, plenty more still to come. So thank you very much to everyone again who put in a question, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>